Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Being Human is Weird. Thank you so much for being here with Abby and I. This is Carrie talking. <laughs> this is Abby listening. <laughs> Today, we are digging into the non-negotiable biological necessity that is sleep. It's so easy for all of us, so this should be a really short episode. <laughs> Um, but seriously, this is a sore spot for me, has been most of my life. And I know, Abby, you've also been experiencing some sleep turbulence. Let's dig in here. Abby, why is why is sleep important? What is happening? Why? Why does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> All great questions, Carrie. Well, we'll start with why it's important. I like to think about it as kind of your plug in the charger in. You can go and go and go on 25%. But eventually, when you run to zero, you get get back up to 100. And sleeping and resting is really the only way that you can do that. That's when detox time for your brain. So you get yeah. rid of that information you don't need and the junk and the crap. Carrie, I know that you're familiar with him, but one of my mm -hmm. celeb crushes, Matthew Walker, Dr. Matthew Walker, if you're listening to this, find me. I also love Matthew Walker. And for those who don't know him, he holds a PhD in brain science, has written the book on sleep. I mean, there are multiple, but his book is the book um, called Why We Sleep. Matthew Walker says to think about our waking hours as reception. So we're experiencing and we're constantly learning the world around us as it's happening. When we go to sleep, that non-REM sleep, the deep sleep is for reflection. So your subconscious is storing and strengthening the raw ingredients that you picked up throughout the day, those new facts and skills. And then REM sleep, the dream sleep that we move into is integrating all of that. So connecting these raw ingredients, the facts, the knowledge that you picked up throughout the day, reconciling it with past experiences and building an ever more accurate model of how the world works. It's giving you insights and it's helping strengthen your problem solving abilities. So if you don't find that important, we'll also get into the other reasons why lack of sleep is detrimental, but it's just not something that we can feel like we feel when I eat too much ice cream and I'm lactose intolerant. What do you think, Abby? Do you have an immediate sense of a lack of sleep or is it something that you can ignore sometimes? I'm very good at ignoring it, I would mm -hmm. say. You know, yep. I, I'm in bed, but I've again started sleeping with my phone in my bedroom, which has been terrible. I can tell in the morning because I don't want to get out of bed, but typically it's because my brain is going at hyperspeed. So I guess to answer your question, I can fake it. Um, I don't notice that I'm tired. I have a hard time falling asleep. I have a hard time staying asleep. Yeah. And Matthew Walker talks about, yeah, you can train yourself to exist off of five or six hours of sleep mm -hmm. per night, or at least you can pass like you're saying, Abby. And like I have definitely experienced as well. But the fact is that when you are shortening your sleep, you are shortening those cycles. So about every 90 minutes, we're cycling through deep sleep and REM sleep, and then over and over again. So our brain can really work through all of that. Our body is detoxing as well, like you said, Abby. So to cut off any portion of that, you are cutting off foundational basis for living a long and healthy life. I read, no, you know what? And I was just telling 
a friend about this the other day, Joe Rogan, he had Dr. Matthew Walker on there and he was sharing a lot of facts. Would recommend, even if you're Mm -hmm. not a big Joe Rogan fan, to listen to the podcast. But it's something crazy like a third of Americans, so one out of three people don't get enough sleep. And it's not like they're still getting six, seven hours. They're getting like three or four hours of sleep a night. So a lot of people will say, oh, I'm fine on four or five hours of sleep. I do better on four or five hours of sleep. Well, I think it's just because you've been deprived for so long that that's, you know, like people who say I skip breakfast and just have espresso fuel me until 2 p.m. That's not how it's supposed to be. (laughs) It's just how it is now. Carrie, I don't know if you experience this, but sometimes I'll just lie in bed awake. That's bad, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually saw a sleep doctor last year who gave me a lot of information to help me with my sleep. And his big thing was, and we'll get to it and we all heard it, but keeping a schedule is number one important. And the other thing he said was, if you're awake and in bed for more than 20 minutes, get out of bed, go do some gentle, non-strenuous for your brain or your body activity until you start to feel sleepy. And the reason for that, the main reason for that is we don't want our minds to associate the bed or the bedroom as a place that it can now just worry freely, uh, Mm -hmm. ruminate and have those fears. We want to disassociate the bed with that and only associate it with the things that a bed should be used for intimacy and sleep. That's it. We shouldn't be studying in bed. We shouldn't be ruminating like that. So his rule is more than 20 minutes, get up and get out of bed. Ooh. Okay. So I like that sleep and sex. That's all you should use your bed for. (laughs) I do want to share before we jump into why sleeping with the phone in there and the other detriments of not getting enough sleep that this is a direct quote from Matthew Walker. He says, Once you drop below seven hours, we can start to measure objective impairments in your brain and your body. The shorter you sleep, the shorter your life. Short sleep predicts all cause mortality. The shorter you sleep, the shorter your life. If you take nothing else from this, like that (laughs) is a great quote from him. Keeping that in mind, Abby, why is that? Why is the shorter we sleep, the shorter our life? What are the risk factors, I guess, of not getting enough sleep. Why is that a thing? First, I'd like to touch on this being for all of you who, when Carrie said that, you went to, no, I'm fine. I've always been good on four or five hours of sleep. (laughs) Please listen to this next part. So what can happen if we don't get enough sleep or now that we're not getting enough sleep? Your risk for heart attack, heart disease, stroke, type two diabetes, stress, All of these things are raised significantly. This is your body's time to recharge, rest, detox itself. We can be much slower to heal physically from illnesses. We're more susceptible to catching them. Lack of sleep is also linked to Alzheimer's disease, anxiety. It can exacerbate all of the symptoms of anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder. On a day that you don't get much sleep or the day after you have a poor night's sleep, middle of the afternoon, it's go time when it comes to carbs and sugar. Or um, I don't want to go to bed when it's bedtime. I just want to eat nachos or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Not only do you want to eat more, but your body isn't functioning optimally to work through the food, the extra calories that you are eating. So weight gain is very real on a lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, If weight management is important to you, 
you really have to look at your sleep. And there's a reason why sleep deprivation, even as part of research trials, has been so limited because I think formally classified as a form of torture. And that's why it's banned. You won't see it as Guinness World Record. I don't remember the facts from his book, but I feel like they have definitely documented people have died because they've been trying to have that record of going the longest without sleep. We can't do it. We can go longer without food than we can without sleep. That's how important it is. Mm -hmm. Really cool facts, by the way, or cool. (laughs) Yeah. And this is just me jumping back to the weight management. If you think about influencers or these fit Instagram, whatever the hell, always in their top three things to pay attention to, sleep is one or two. It's like sleep, hydration, and nutrition. So for all of us who are thinking, okay, yeah, I do get enough sleep. How can we tell if we feel fine or we've been conditioned to roll on autopilot for a long time? How can we identify whether or not we're getting enough sleep? Yeah. So something I used to tell um, people I worked with was pay attention when you're on vacation and you don't have an alarm set. What time do you actually get up? How much sleep do you get when you aren't pressured to wake up and get to work or get the kids ready. Oh, okay. So if you pay attention to how much sleep your body naturally wants to get or what time you're waking up without that alarm, that's a pretty good indication if it's hours after when you would usually wake up with an alarm that your body is craving more sleep. Throughout the day, if you find yourself struggling to focus, you have to reread the same paragraph over and over again. You just can't, kind of like Abby and I are functioning this morning. We just can't (laughs) quite get it together. I don't know how I can be at hyperspeed and slow motion at the exact same time. Right? Uh, That's another good indication. And caffeine, can you function optimally in the mornings, you know, before noon without caffeine at all. If you rely on caffeine to function, just get your brain going, you're lacking in sleep. How can we get more sleep or better sleep? Abby, what are some tips on improving our quality of sleep? You have to maintain a sleep and wake schedule and it's so hard and it's so, so easy to come up immediately with excuses. Well, in two weeks I have this or I'm not going to be able to. It's the same as with everything within, you know, an hour or so, maybe less on weekends or on days where you are quote unquote sleeping in. Maintaining a sleep and wake schedule matters so big. This was the main point that my sleep doctor also drove into me. And he said, if you cannot get to bed at the same time, that's the one to be more flexible on. But waking up at the same time every day is the one to be hard and fast. Even if you went to bed at midnight and your wake up is 6 a.m., he would rather me be tired that day and lack that sleep for that night, knowing that probably that evening I'm going to bed at 8.30 p.m. But waking up at the same time to get my hormones and that cycle synced up properly. Now, this is not an excuse for you to go to bed at midnight and wake up at 6 a.m. every day, you guys. (laughs) I'm just saying. one off, yeah. (laughs) If you're really resistant to setting this strict sleep schedule, make sure the morning is the one that you truly stick with. And the evening, if you have to be more flexible, be more flexible. Paying attention to what you're eating and drinking. For a multitude of reasons, it's important when it comes to health. More so timing of it. So you don't want to go to bed starving, but you also don't want to go to bed super full because your body's going to have to work really hard to digest those things while you're lying horizontally. 
of course we've all heard this and most of us don't follow it but paying attention to your caffeine consumption some people argue or studies argue that after 4 p.m do not have any but some are saying now earlier you don't want to have it after one that goes back to individuality as well so for me i cut off uh caffeine i don't have any caffeine after morning that's just how i feel better mm -hmm. my boyfriend is able to have a cup of coffee when he gets home from work around four and he is okay to sleep. So we're all different, but paying attention to your body is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm kind of more in line, of course, with Andy. Caffeine doesn't really do anything. I just like having hot coffee. <laughs> yeah, same for him. He just yeah. loves having that. It's mm -hmm. a ritual. Yeah. Another one, drug use, obviously, but alcohol are decently restful. But then you wake up, your mouth tastes terrible, everything's awful, and you can't fall back asleep. Experiment with not alcohol as a nightcap, but stretching. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. We'll see. <laughs> Just get loaded <laughs> off your favorite book. So outside mm -hmm. of things that you can ingest, creating a restful environment is important. And mm -hmm. Carrie, how do you do this? So Abby, you and I were talking about this last week. I'm pretty light sensitive, so I need it to be dark. My, the blinds are closed. There's no excessive, you know, the led lights that seem like they're completely dark during the day. And then at night, I'm like, how is that the brightest thing in the entire universe? <laughs> like a cat laser. Uh, and I also like it cool. And they say, I think 68 degrees is the optimal mm -hmm. sleep temperature. I'm probably right around there, 68 to 70. This will not surprise anyone, especially you, Carrie. I need the conditions to be absolutely perfect. It's pretty dark. If there's a light on outside, it doesn't typically bother me a whole lot. I usually use earplugs and I live by myself, but I have earplugs because the noise that the humidifier makes annoys me. But if I don't have the humidifier on, my nose gets too dry and I don't want to get hot, so I have a fan on. <laughs> like, it's... It's pretty bad. I'm glad that I live by myself. Same thing. It's cool so that I can cuddle up in my comforter and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I like for it to be quiet. Same with the light, but I don't like the pitch black because of course I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> so <laughs> I got black going on at night. That all plays into taking care of yourself and making sure it's a comfortable environment. I, if you're going to be higher maintenance in any aspect of your life, let it be around your bedroom and your sleep comfort. Have the expensive pillow, have the luxurious comforter and the best mattress that you can afford. Take care of it because this is so important. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you take care of yourself and all of those that's ways. the only yes. part of my life that i'm picky <laughs> something else i wanted to ask you about too is napping is there a such thing as napping too little or too much i believe so so my i am also not a napper in fact i get a little like angry thinking about napping because <laughs> i hate day sleeping <laughs> i wake up and i'm so out of it i'm so groggy i don't know what day it is i don't know who i am or what just happened i hate it i'm not a napper and my sleep doctor what that was one of his first questions like well how many naps are you taking i'm like i refuse to nap and he's like good you should a 15 minute nap every once in a while that's great that can be recharging for you here's the thing guys holding child's pose a yoga pose for 10 or 15 minutes is just as restful as actually mm, sleeping okay. so you don't have to take a nap if you're like me and you can't stand them but he very much was like really limit those naps. If you have to take it, do it, recharge, make it short, 
but it shouldn't be an everyday thing. If it's an everyday thing, you're probably sleep deprived. So Mm. go back to focusing on better sleep rather than supplementing with naps. Obviously managing stress. That's my problem. I get in bed and I just overthink everything from the time I was eight, something stupid I said at McDonald's to now. Um, but managing stress and also it, it is important that we get physical activity and spending some time outside. But I'm obsessed right now with Andrew Huberman and his podcast. And he talks a lot about getting light in your eyes first thing in the morning artificial or real sunlight in your eyes first thing for a few minutes. Don't go stare at the sun and burn your retinas to shit. Getting some sunlight in your eyes. And then again, at the end of the day, it helps regulate, I guess, your natural circadian rhythm or your your body clock. I have to be honest with you, when I get up in the morning and I go for my walk first thing, I really do notice a difference. Um, It does. And I have always heard that around daylight saving time. That is the best way to orient our cycles to the nonsense that is daylight savings. Um, (laughs) People are like having heart attacks because of it. Why don't we just get rid of it? It's ridiculous. Come on, Congress, Mm -hmm. get with it. So I have definitely heard that as well, that getting light early in the morning is the best way. Oh, it's daytime. I'm, I need to break out of that sleep and wake up here. Um, And 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes of sunlight every single day, wear your sunscreen. Yes. (laughs) Before we jump into goal setting, I just want to summarize, I guess, the the tips that we had. So we have maintain a sleep and wake schedule. Pay attention to what you're eating and drinking. So don't go to bed starving, but don't go to bed too full. Create a restful environment that's going to look different for everybody. Limit your daytime naps. Like Carrie said, if you have to take one that's 15 minutes long, I don't know how you're going to measure that or time it. Get some movement in throughout your day. Blasting your eyes with sunlight outside on a walk is a really great way to do it. Manage stress. Um, Of course, the other thing we've talked about is the phone in the bedroom situation and the blue screens, the bright lights suppress melatonin and that's our sleepy hormone. So cutting that off, making this part of your routine, and maybe it starts with this, an alarm goes off on your phone, that's it for the night. Your phone is done an hour before you need to go to bed, something like that. With that in mind, Abby, and knowing that phone being back in your room has Mm -hmm. caused some upset, do you want to set a goal around that? What do you what are you feeling? I can't do that yet, I don't think, just for funny reasons. But I think what I've done is I set that alarm clock that I talked about, that's like the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Um, I set that one for five minutes earlier than my phone goes off. So I'm already awake. I've been waking up. My problems wake me up an hour before my alarm goes off. But I just have been throwing my phone across the room. So then I have to get up when it goes off. I have it next to me while I sleep. Oh, that's but... funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It has worked a few times. But I'd like to totally switch directions on that and do a in bed and out of bed time instead. So get, instead of uh, waking up and throwing my phone across the room, making it my goal to be, okay, I'm in bed by 10.15. Whatever happens after that, fine. But at 10.15, I'm in bed. And at 6.30, I'm out of bed. And I think if I can just start getting on that sort of cycle, ultimately, eventually I'll be on, I would like to be from 10 to 5.30 someday. But for right now, I think I want to do 10.15 in bed and then 6.30 out of bed. Uh, So really taking to heart the sleep schedule, that is the most important tip, according to all these sleep doctors. I love that. That's a great goal. I haven't been 
participating in a regular ritual or routine. And I'd like to get back into that. And for me, what that looks like is some very soothing, light stretching I want to incorporate. I would like to do another round. I usually do face yoga in the morning. I think I'd like to add it in at night. It feels so relaxing and good. I want to experiment with that routine and report back maybe what actually works. But my goal is to set up a ritual that works for me within that hour and eases me into sleep. Okay. Do you have any time limits on anything? Like, oh, I want to stretch for 10 minutes. I want to face yoga for 10 minutes or more just... Hey, let's see how this goes. Yeah, I think those are the two that I'm going to start with, probably about 15 minutes each. But I have a feeling it's going to morph as we go along this week. And I do have, I have a friend visiting this weekend, so that could also make Mm -hmm. this interesting. So this is a good week to really try this out and experiment, like I said, with, okay, I know that I want to try some stretching and face yoga, but what else kind of helps me or what helps me even more than those? You are so good about the check-ins with yourself. I admire (laughs) that so big because I'm like, what do I need? But I'll be damned if I'm going to actually do it. (laughs) (laughs) The week hasn't started yet. So let's, let's see where I am. I think the biggest summary right now is use the bedroom for sex and for sleep. That is it. Leave everything else out that you can and create some sort of a routine that works for you. And if you feel like you are just a chronically bad sleeper and there's something else going on, don't hesitate to reach out to your doctor, your medical doctor, or a licensed professional. Cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is very much on the rise, a lot of research around it, but it could be something physical. So it's worth checking in with your doctor too, to make sure you're not having the sleep apnea that puts you at higher risk of heart attack, stroke, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. whatever you feel like you need, pay attention to your body and get better sleep. Better sleep, better pizza, Papa John's. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the... If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you, so slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos. 